Well, how about that? It is Monday night. It is 9 o'clock. It is time for Dylan Talks Tone. We actually have sound. We have a theme song again. We're back to a theme song. We have a closer closer camera angle. And you notice that we have a big hole over here. Leslie is not with us tonight. Uh, she is coming in late. Man, I am super stoked to be able to have that theme music back where it is supposed to be. That is killer. So here's the deal. Leslie is running late this evening because we had a little, she had to go go visit a relative in the uh, in the hospital. So she's on her way. She's going to be here in about 10 minutes. So her headphones and her microphone are ready to be there. Uh, and so she'll be there in just a few minutes to, to join me. So until then, I'm going to do my best to keep up on everything, including the YouTube uh, stuff and you know, keeping up with the, the chat over here and all that sort of thing. I'm going to do my best, but until she gets here, I can't guarantee that I won't miss out on something, uh, something cool. Okay. So once she gets here, go back to everything that you tried to tell me and, and missed. So for everybody, uh, that is new to our show, my name is Dylan. This is Dylan talks tone. Um, you can watch us live every Monday night. Uh, at 9 Eastern Time on YouTube.com slash Dylan Talks Tone. This is an hour-long uh, show where we talk about music and um, tone stuff and technical stuff and a little mix of everything. The idea is just to inspire people to play more and to get the most out of the gear that they have or that they're saving up to purchase. That's really what it comes down to. Um Tonight, we're going to talk about some really interesting things. We're going to talk, we're going to, instead of going backwards with failures, we're going to try to push forward a little bit. What are some progressive guitar brands that you can think of? Uh, we're going to talk about progressive music and artists and how they are affecting the guitar not being dead. We're going to talk about pedal board setup and signal chain that came in as a request. And we're also going to talk about repotting pickups because we just uploaded a video today that talked about that very thing. So uh, those are just a few of the things that we're going to discuss this evening. Um, so let's see. Good evening, everybody. You are not the only one there, Mr. Ward. There is nine others with you at this time, and it is constantly growing. So I appreciate everybody who is chilling over there on the uh, on on the YouTube. So like I said, as soon as Leslie gets here, this is going to get a lot more fun because she, you know how good she is uh, about this. She says, ha So we've got a viewer who's saying that his wife saw him watching the wax potting video and already said, don't even use my... Uh, Crockpot for that. So, well, I'll tell you what, let's kind of mix some things around. So we were going to talk about that a little bit later, but let's talk about it now because I'm trying a new thing to make things easier for you guys uh, to be able to get everything that you need to do these projects. Okay. So um, this, this uh, wax potting video was a great example of how you can basically, it's a do-it-yourself sort of thing. And I, I really dig um, those sorts of things. We need to do more of them. And that was actually requested by somebody. So let's talk about a few of the details, okay, um, about how we can make this even a little bit more informative. Some stuff that may not have even been in the video this week. Um, so let's talk about it. So the wax potting video. A couple things you want to make sure. Number one, don't make your wife mad and use a different crock pot. Okay, um, I'm going to throw up right now this link. This is going to make it a lot easier for everybody that watches our videos and wants to do stuff with projects. Okay, because we're going to come back to this later too. Amazon.com slash shop slash Dylan Talks Tone. Okay, go keep that link. Okay, just like favorite that or something. 
because every time we do a project on Dylan Talks Tone like this, I want to do more like interactive projects like this where we're learning to do something together. And what, what I want to do is I want to have this link. And basically when we talk about something, if they sell it on Amazon, they don't always sell it on Amazon, but I mean, 99% of everything in the world is on Amazon. So uh, I'm going to put it on a list that you're going to be able to have all of the, the project supplies and that sort of thing. We're even going to talk about tuners later. That tuner is on the list. So everything that we're talking about tonight is going to be on that list is in one place. You don't have to go because remember, Leslie couldn't share like individual links on the YouTube chat. So um, this makes it easier. So just keep this link, uh, this this link that's right here um, and and just keep it as a favorite and it'll always live there and you'll be able to go get anything um, you know, as we're doing these projects together, because I really think that this thing we did today was a lot of fun. And I think more people are going to super dig, uh, dig it. Um, you were really bummed to learn that you couldn't use scented candle wax to make my candles smell all lovely. I could, here's the problem. When you put scented candle wax in there, then I basically have to take all that wax out and start over with new wax because you can't uncontaminate more or less. So if I got a smaller, smaller uh, melting pot, then I probably could because then it wouldn't be wasting so much because um, I think that would be really funny to tell you the truth. I think that would be super funny to uh, to do that. Um, so let's talk about a couple of things about this wax potting situation, um, that you want to remember, um, heat is the biggest thing. So this wax that we use melts to a liquid by the time you're at 120 degrees. I think in our video today, we were actually potting at 128, something like that, or right around 120, If you, if it's much hotter than that, here's what happens. You end up with. Um, you end up warping bobbins and stuff and you don't want to do that. So, uh, that has two things. One is if you leave it in there a really long time and two, if you are too hot. So what I would suggest if you're doing this as a do it yourself thing, cause most people, um, and you can leave some comments in the, in the chat tonight, if, if this is what you would use it for, but I'm assuming most people have old pickups you know, and they start to get squealy and they want to re-wax pot them. So in this case, you don't need to leave it in there very long. All you really want to do is just kind of fill up that cover with wax again. That's basically all you're really trying to do. So that way, you know that you're not overcooking, if you will. You know, you're not going too much, too hot for too long. Uh, the other thing is, the one thing about, the, about paraffin is that it will... It's an oil, right? Paraffin is basically an oil. So that means that you do not want to overheat it. Okay. Now it's pretty, it can get pretty hot before it flashes into like bursts into flame, but a hot crock pot on the wrong setting can get very scary. It will smoke and smoke and smoke and you can actually start a fire. And I've seen people light it on fire before. So make sure that you do this in an area where you're not going to start a fire that you have good ventilation because it's always going to be kind of it's an oil so it's always going to be kind of smoking off or or you know um you know it'll it's always going to just have that a little bit of fumes with it so make sure that you do it in a really well ventilated area okay um and then I didn't today because I only had one pickup, one set of pickups to do, but when I'm really busy and I'm doing a lot at the same time, um, you guys might only ever do one, but maybe you could wear rubber gloves or something. It'll keep the wax from accidentally burning you or whatever. Also wear a shirt that it does not matter because wax can scrape up off of a table or something, but fabric, it will get in it and it will ruin it forever. Like you do not want to get it on a shirt. Okay. Um, so just a couple of things, um, just to, to make that easier. Okay. And like I said, that whole parts list, uh, for everything that we use today, the thermometer, the, 
um, little crock pot, all that stuff can be found uh, at that amazon.com slash shop slash Dylan Talks Tone. So, hey, hey, Leslie is here. She doesn't have her microphone or her headphones on yet. So we'll give her a minute. And actually we'll turn her up so we can hear her, hopefully. I'm thinking pretty much that we got most of our little stupid issues fixed. And uh, we I, I ran a mic check for you before, but you might as well say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Somebody says make sure your home insurance is uh, paid up before you <laughs> before you wax pots and pickups. So, well, now that Leslie's there, she can keep up on that better because that's uh, this is like a lot of jobs to do for me by myself. So I appreciate you coming in, saving the day. It's very good. We we're just talking about wax potting, um, and I shared with them the link to Amazon. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I, it's a central thing. You know, we don't have to worry about every little short link that we share. You know, and them losing them, and then that way, every time we add a new project, it'll just be, look, you can get these three or four things that you need, and boom, you're done. You know, I think it's super sweet. It works awesome. All right, see, because I have not been speaking back in the chat so now she's talking and uh i'm just listening and i am able to watch a little bit but um very cool that's as far as we've gotten so far let's discuss uh we threw this up here just a few minutes ago um let's talk about progressive guitar brands and i want to get your thoughts on two things progressive guitar brands and music here's why too much i believe attention has been given to uh like the whole gibson thing and it seems kind of super negative i spent some time this morning on instagram and you know you can subscribe to hashtags on instagram and so I've subscribed to hashtag guitarist. And so I looked at like the top 200 most recent posts on Instagram under the hashtag guitarist. And I found something very interesting. All the videos that were made in the first 200 posts on Instagram, not one person was playing a traditional Strat, Tele, or Gibson Les Paul. They were all playing some sort of more modern guitar, whether it be an Ibanez, a Schecter, a Jackson, or some other exotic sort of, you know, multi-scale or six, seven, eight string. And nobody was playing like the 12 bar pentatonic blues scale. They were all playing. Uh, <laughs> they were all playing some sort of you know, more progressive, you know, a lot of jazz modes, a lot of classical kind of stuff, neoclassical stuff, which tells me that the younger kids and oh, and everybody was under the age of about 30. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I mean, just scrolling it, they were just very, all of them are very young. We're talking like 200, the top 200 posts, most recent posts on Instagram under the hashtag guitarist. We're all under the age of 30 and they were playing this very progressive music on progressive instruments. So I'm thinking, I'm guessing, but everything that I keep seeing from a day-to-day -day basis on the internet is that there is a new crop of guitar players and they are doing new things with new instruments and it's very good. It's very cool. And um, so if you're not on Instagram, I would suggest that you do it. Get, get an Instagram account. And start uploading your own videos, you know, um, and we're going to talk about in maybe some future episodes and videos how how that's just do that and get started doing it. And then we'll talk about how we can use that actually as a tool um, to market yourself, you know, more than more than normal. It's really, really cool, though. Um, it just it just made me think and realize that there's more and more and more progress happening with not just instruments. And not just young kids, 
but actual music like the music is changing like the style of music is changing i think you look at somebody like uh who's the dude that brianna thinks is hot um avenged sevenfold the guitar player some of you guys could probably tell me those those guys like for instance avenged sevenfold and some of these other these newer metal players um are not just playing the normal metal stuff. They're trying new things. Um, 12 Foot Ninja from Australia, that guy that can play with all the, he plays a line six guitar and he plays all those weird tunings and like tunings that you can't even do on a regular guitar because it's a line six. It can do things that a normal guitar can't do. I mean, really cool stuff. So there's a lot of really progress, you know, uh, being, being made. Very, very cool. Um, no, I dig it a lot. So do we need to address the and shirts? I think so. Based on the conversation that's happening. I think we need to address the and shirts. So first of all, we weren't both planning to be wearing the and shirts for this show tonight. No. Um, the reason we are wearing them is because we had another video for our other channel, musicandmascara.com, and I'm going to plug it. Because I want you all to go see it. Musicandmascara.com. We have, and there's a Facebook page and a YouTube channel and blah, 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 the whole deal. And basically what we do there is we just help people to use the internet um, and for good. I mean, really, that's really what it comes down to. Um, it's more about positive thinking and understanding where we are in technology and putting it to good use. But one of the kind of the motivational things we were going to do was a video involving these shirts. And um, because of circumstances today and, and stuff, we weren't able to do it. But that's why we're both wearing them. So, Leslie, why are we wearing the and shirts? I mean, you just explained why we're wearing them. If you're asking me to explain what they mean. Yes. Um, so we literally got these shirts. So you know, with what we do and sharing inspirations, sharing personal development, et cetera. Um, I, I mean, we can even tie it back into the musicians, right? Like everybody has a reason for maybe why they don't do something or why they don't have an Instagram account yet. Right. Why I, don't you have an Instagram account yet? I mean, fill in the blank. They, um, you know, I have a business too and people have excuses there. I mean, I'm calling them excuses. Let's call them reasons. We won't assume <laughs> they're an excuse. But the entire thing being to get to the base of it, right? Like, it's all about self-awareness is this first step. So, I don't have any money. And I don't have an Instagram. I don't know how to use it. And, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, get to the core reason of what you're doing, why you're making these reasons, and understand yourself. I mean, there may be a, a, a legit, like value there that you're you're going to get to the bottom of and it totally makes sense but then then say that's why like don't just give it i'm going to say excuse this time right so uh, if you have something that is and we won't spend tons of time on this because this is for another channel but this kind of puts it in a nutshell um if you have something if you have a reason that is keeping you from a goal an objective or some sort of dream then what is that reason? Say it out loud to yourself and then ask yourself the question and like, and keep doing that until you get to a place of self-awareness where you really do understand the reason why you're not doing what you're doing. So always ask yourself this question, especially if you're making excuses or reasons for yourself why you're not doing something. That's what this shirt is for. And the reason we got them is because to create that kind of conversation, like to create conversation with, especially with people that are motivated to say, you know what? I want to attack my music career, even though I know that uh, the bar scene is dead in my town. Well, the bar scene's dead in my town. And well, I don't know how to make any, make a living. And like, keep asking yourself the question until you get yourself to a place of forward motion and production and positive positive motion so that's what the shirts are for uh they are available on our website if you want to remind yourself why 
Yeah. And so self-awareness, even for ourselves, because we do it too. We're not projecting. We do it also. And it is a great reminder, even for ourselves. Like, yep. what's the next question? Like, and like, let's get to the core of, of why we're saying what we're saying. Yep. It's funny because I was actually making the video today, you know, the technical video about wax potting and I had this shirt on. And as I was editing the video, I literally was like, yeah. I mean, it just makes you think every time you see it. It's just one of those shirts. It's it's a shirt that's like, if you see the word, it'll make you think. And that's that's really the point of it. So anyway, that's enough about that because that's for a whole nother YouTube's channel. But uh, since you asked, we're going to tell you. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on our list tonight? Um, Somebody's here just for the PRS. Okay. Well, this is why. Because... This whole, first of all, I'm going to ask a question and then we're going to get to the PRS. What guitar brands, and list them in the comments for me. I'm curious to know what you think. What guitar brands, according to you, and it's your opinion, I want to hear it. It doesn't matter what it is, are being properly progressive. Now, we know the brands in question that have caused all this conversation. So we're moving forward in a positive direction. We're not talking about that stuff. So now we're like, what brands are doing a good job? What brands are making you think, I want to buy whatever new thing that they have coming out because I feel like they're on the cutting edge of this technology that seems to be lagging everything else. So as you're thinking about that, I want to show you this guitar and I also want to get your opinion on this guitar because this thing is crazy. Uh, it's a strat ish thing with a three by three peg head that actually John Bollinger pointed this out today in his little thing he was doing the, PRS peg head that is on this guitar is actually backwards from the peg head that is on all of the other three by three. So what I mean by that is see how the bottom of the peg head, the pointy part sticks out further on most of their other guitars. The pointy part sticks out further on the top. So for some reason they flip that around. So I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's significant, what the reason for that is. It's almost like they put a left-handed neck on a right-handed guitar. I don't, I don't know what, why I have no idea. Um, it's got proper single coil pickups in it, five-way switch. It's basically is a strat. So why did they do this? Did they just do this because John Mayer wanted it and he's their artist now? What do you think of this guitar? Um, and be objective about this. Don't just say, I think it's stupid because it's a stupid strat and I hate strats or, you know, don't come with that so much is really be objective about it. Like, what do you think about it? Do you think that this design is worth this much time and money to redesign? And would you buy one? I mean, they're expensive, but would you buy one if there was a working man's, let's say SE version of it? Uh, or would you buy this one even? I'm just curious to know what you think, because this is a really interesting this is a really interesting conversation. Um, and here I messed up the switch, but oops. Um, so what do you what do you think? I'm really, really curious. Um, you can go to um, Oh, Anselmo is on from Brazil. We have a viewer from Brazil right now, which is really, really cool. Uh, he's a customer of mine down there in, in Brazil. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, I believe the price of this guitar is, uh, did I see for the accessible one? I think, did I see 24 or $2,800? Um, which honestly for a nice PRS is actually, is, is, is right in line. Um, it sounds truthfully, it sounds exactly like a Strat. It, I mean, uh, John was playing it today in a video. You can actually go to the Premier Guitar uh, Facebook page, and there will be a live video 
where John Bollinger was playing it today. And um, you can hear what it sounds like. I think he's playing it through like a Mesa Lone Star or something. And it, it sounded really, really, really good. Really good. But it just sounded like a strat. So hit me. Uh, what do you think? What other? If you scroll up, there was a lot of okay things that they like. All right. So let's talk about it. Uh, let's see. I the new Ibanez AZ series. Um, it's interesting that you reach back to the '60s and talk about Vox because Vox they really were, weren't they? Um, the those Vox teardrops and stuff. Um, really, really interesting. Um, yeah, and then I also want to go back to. Let's see. I'm trying to keep up. Let's see. Somebody asked a question here about the direct through or passing lane wiring mod. I assume that you're talking about, oh, that we had an Atelier in one of our videos and the effect on the brightness and the resistance value of pots. Um, if you can, Iggy Tommy, Give me a specific question about that, what you wanted to know about that, and I would be happy to answer it as part of our Q&A tonight because that's a cool question. That's a really neat, that's a fun, that's a fun thing. Um, I'm trying to think if I have that guitar with a four-way in it still. I don't think I do. I think I took it out. Um, PRS should stick with taking over the Gibson market. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they can handle taking on Fender and Gibson at the same time? Oh boy, that's a funny. That is a funny. I like that one. Um, and you're correct, uh, Dave Wong. It is interesting that they did not put a flame top on it. That it's just a regular Strat looking thing. I wonder if that is going to happen. Um, I wonder if that's going to happen. So, and... Iggy Tommy just brings up another another thing here too with interchangeable pickups. Now I'm very curious, so let's talk about some interesting designs uh, and some truly progressive stuff that I want to try, that I think more people should try. But every time I bring it up in any kind of real conversation, it gets completely shot down. So let's talk about these. Uh, Iggy Tommy brings out uh, a good point about interchangeable pickups to be able to have interchangeable pickups. Now I will give you an example of a great guitar that does something not quite there, but kind of is the, uh, by Cower guitars, the Doug Cower Titan. He has like an interchangeable pick guard where you can actually, if you take the strings off and take it apart a little bit, you can take the pick guard out and put a new pick guard in with different pickups in it. And I think he sells like loaded pick guards so you can swap them out. It's really, really cool. Uh, as far as actually being able to like solderlessly change, quick change pickups, um, there are a couple systems out there that I've seen in the like, this is where all the wacky stuff at NAM is, uh, you know, in that section of NAM. And people really look down on that stuff because it's not super traditional. And I am very curious now, 15 years later, or, you know, 10 years later, or even a few years later than the last time I looked at this. Um, how much people would enjoy having quick change pickups. So two questions related to the quick change pickups thing. One, how much would you actually use it? So would you like change pickups once every six months? Would you change them every day? Would you change them every time you put strings on the guitar? Um, you know, how, how would it work in real world? I mean, the novelty of the idea is very cool, but how do you think you would use it in real life, like, you know, application. Um, the other thing that we've been getting a lot of questions about is solderless wiring. Cause a lot of people don't want to mess with soldering and there are some, and I've actually been talking to a company. Um, I actually, a couple years ago spoke with a company, um, about doing a video and some stuff. And I, and I, got the stuff here and it was really, really good. And I actually breathed about it and the internet flipped out and we we're like, we don't want to have 
anything to do with solderless pickup connection stuff, okay? Because that was 2015, and that was when Gibson had circuit boards in their guitars. And we're going to get to that in a minute because there's a bunch of crap that goes along with that too. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, so I kind of ditched it. I have the stuff out there in the shop and I kind of ditched the idea. I didn't do anything with it. The company got bought out by somebody else. They made some more improvements. The stuff is really cool. And I've been speaking with them over the, I'm going to try to get their new stuff and we're going to do a video about it. So interchangeable pickups and solderless wiring. Are they real? Is that a, is that something that we should talk about and really start to blow up? Is that something that we should make available? Like, should, is that, um, is that a new technology that somebody would use? Like really, really use. Um, because there's a few things that come with this. Okay. One is, and we're going to do a, we're going to do a video. It's actually on my list about having circuit boards in your guitar. Is there actually anything wrong with having a circuit board in your guitar? The answer is no. I'm just going to tell you right now, but we're going to get super technical with it. I'm going to show you why that's the case. Those Gibson circuit board guitar things that were in Les Pauls, they're not terrible. They are not terrible. Surface mount components instead of through hole components like a normal capacitor, there's nothing wrong with them. In fact, because of the way they're made and they're so, so small, um, I'll just give you a little peek into that conversation. Uh, a capacitor is two metal plates, right? And it is a certain distance apart. And when they pour it into that plastic, they've got to hold it in a certain way. Well, when you make for it to be like within tolerance, that's why they have a 15% tolerance or a 10% or a 5% tolerance. Okay. When they make the mini ones, the little teeny tiny ones are like, like on the end of a pin. The tolerances have to be so much higher because everything is so, so small. They can't just have it this far apart or versus this far apart or out of tolerance because this thing is so tiny. So by nature, those capacitors are actually better. They actually are more consistent and higher tolerance. So that just gives you a little peek into why that technology and the fact the way the boards are made and they're automatically shielded and there's all kinds of cool things about multi-layer circuit boards being in a guitar. So it's not a bad thing. But the question is, is the world actually ready for it? Because in 2015, the way a certain guitar company that is now going bankrupt did it, they didn't do it right and everybody hated it. But does that mean that just because they hated it in a Les Paul, that it was actually a bad idea? That is a, a really interesting discussion to take up with yourself um with yourselves um we'll see and somebody says woo be careful surface mount uh talk is almost as bad as tone wood talk it always brings out the crazies that's why i'm bringing it out that is exactly why i'm saying it because if we want to talk about pro progress then what is it what is the progress so to you what progress should we be making and I've asked this question a few times over the last couple of weeks and people say switchable stuff, more switching features in their guitars. They say solderless connections. They say easier to change pickups. Will those things require circuit boards, solderless connections and surface mount, uh, and surface mount components. It requires that to do it right. So, it's an interesting thing to talk about because um, how much are you willing to let go of as far as the traditional how it looks when I look inside my guitar um, and and then be able to embrace some of that newer stuff. You know, it's just a, it's an interesting thing. And when you look at it and you say it in this tone of voice instead of seeing it like in a post on a Facebook rant. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different because everybody just hates it automatically. But when you start to think about, oh, man, well, if the shielding is built in and the capacitors are higher tolerance 
and I can just click whether I want a 500 or a 250k pot, or I can click a switch to change from a 22 to a 33 capacitor, and I don't have to solder anything. Well, this is starting to sound pretty cool. Um, so that's the thing. And th I'll tell you another thing too is, is interesting. So even we'll talk about Tonewood for a minute. Um, we'll talk about Tonewood just for a second since we're breaching all the subjects, all the taboos, right? Um, Tonewood only matters. Even in the, I don't care about it ever. So it doesn't really matter to me at all. But Tonewood to a person, to a person who cares about it. It really only makes a difference if that person wants this particular guitar to sound exactly like this one. If I am cloning this thing into this thing, then I want all aspects of this guitar to be exactly like this guitar as close as possible. And so then they're going to say, well, I want the same wood density. I want the same grain count. I want the same everything because I want it to be exactly like this one. Here's the thing about it. You change one thing and none of it matters. Once it's not a clone, none of it matters. You change string weight. You change the pick you play with. You change the capacitor. You change the tone cap. Uh, I mean, the, the pot specification. You change the pickups. You change one thing and you're not making a clone anymore, none of it matters. So if you go to me and say, well, the pink guitar is made out of European linden and the other guitar is made out of alder, so they're going to sound different. And I'm going to say, well, obviously, because th there's like nine things different between these two guitars. So the wood doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter. The tone of a guitar is the sum of all of its parts. But because they're different in two or three ways, then it doesn't matter. As long as you have a sound that you like, that's all that matters. As long as you're inspired to play, that's all that matters. So if I hand you a guitar and tell you that cloth wiring and 50s wiring is in it, if I lie to you and there's actually circuit board in there and you play and you're like, dang, this thing is really good. And then you open it up and you're like, there's a circuit board in here. I don't like it anymore. That's where all of this comes from, right? So that's the thing. Is Are you inspired to play the guitar? Like, like pick it up blindfolded. Like everybody, I swear we all, I mean, me included, we all should just like walk into, like that thing that um, Anderton's does with, with Rob Chapman where they, where they do like the five different guitars that are all the same you know, like, or they do five different guitars with blindfolds on. I swear we should all buy guitars like that. We all should do it because it would really blow away a lot of, you know, a lot of this stuff. So think about that when you're thinking about new progressive stuff, because it's really, really fun. If you go at it with that perspective, um, is Dylan going to come out and say that he wants a Gibson Firebird X? I do. I do want one, and I'll tell you why. I've wanted one since they came out because it is weird. But you got to remember, and that's not just to, that's not to say um, that's just because I like that stuff. So I like the old Hofner guitars with all the goofy switches in it. I like the old Vox semi hollows with the distortion thing built into it. I like all that stuff is really interesting and weird to me. I, I wouldn't make it probably my, my number one. I wouldn't like model a guitar after it. It's not like the status thing of this is who I am and I'm going to base my whole sound on it. But if I have, these are my five favorite weird guitars that are like off. Like I want to buy one of those now based on the fact that everyone thinks they suck because in 20 years, people are going to be like, whoa, that's that weird thing that they only made for one year. Right? Like, um, like a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, right? Like it turns into, or a Volkswagen Notchback. Like they didn't make very many of them and they're really rare now, but they're weird and nobody liked them. So that's why I want one. It's not, it's not because I'm going to, you know, 
base my entire sound off of, you know, that thing. So, exactly. So, scrolling back, you said that the tone is the sum of all the parts, right? You say that all the time. But somebody asked a question earlier. um, How much percentage-wise would you say pickups make up the overall tone of a rig? Oh, tons. Like, lots. So, I think... So I would go in this, and I've done videos on this, so just real briefly, I would say um, the relationship of the vibrating string to the pickup and the pickup itself, okay? And what I mean by that is the pickup is how the motion becomes electricity. So that's number one. Number two, the strings and their motion in relation to the transducer, which is the pickup. So that would take into account the nut, the bridge, the the nut and the saddle material and height and setup and level of attack and brake angle and all that stuff and the physics that go with that. The string tension, which brings in the weight and, you know, and the scale length and all of that. And then the tone pot and the, you know, well, maybe the tone pot before that stuff. But I mean, when you're really prioritizing it down, anything outside of the tonal area, which is from the nut to the saddle and the wiring itself is, it gets, it's the, it diminishes lower and lower and lower and lower to me down to what the body is made of. It, it matters, I'm sure, on some level, but it goes way down as it gets toward the body. I think the neck material is even more uh, relevant. Um, I think the peg head angle, the brake angle over the neck, all that stuff. The physics with the, the vibrating parts within the tonal area, to me, is the most important. So that means the pickups and, of course, how you shape the tone of the pickups. So that would be the volume to pots and the tone pot and the switching and everything. But then the physics of how the strings move, that is to me the most important thing. Um, And outside of the saddle and the bridge, yeah, you're going to say, well, yeah, but the body vibrates. It does. But the percentage of difference that it makes outside the nut and the saddle is way, way down. So that's my quick take on that. Um, I see Greg Werner's in here. So he's a friend of mine that uh, has lived in my city and now he lives out west. And we've been discussing um, EDM. And this is going to be another taboo subject on a guitar show. But electronic music, everybody says electronic music and the age of the laptop is taking over. Well, I've got three laptops, two iPads, and a bunch of, and a Kemper here, right? Like electronic stuff is take it has taken over. Um Electronic music, and I love it. I've loved it since I was 15 years old. I've always loved, I am the guitar player that loves uh, electronic music. However, I like the people that spend a lot of time producing it. Um, Greg is one of those people. I like real music in a electronic sense. What I mean by that is, If Greg says, hey, I need a guitar riff, I'm going to play it on a real guitar and I'm going to contribute it to his project. So here's what I would say. If you hate electronic music or if you have a negative connotation to what you think it's doing to the rest of the guitar industry, find one of those kids on Instagram and just send him a message and be like, dude, I don't even know you, but you're writing some cool electronic music. And even if you don't like it, even if it's not cool, just say, I would like to build a relationship with somebody so I can understand this stuff better. What do you want? Do you want me to send you a guitar track? Let's work together. Let's do something and understand how the new stuff that's being made on a laptop can still be benefited by real instruments. And once it comes together and turns into a thing, I think you're going to super dig it. Super dig it. Um, One of the things we want to talk about, we are running out of time like crazy tonight. Um, so I want to discuss because this was requested. So let's talk briefly about it. Um, as we get this ready here, we want to talk about pedal board layout. Um, 
And I don't remember exactly what pedals he had. I could actually go back to my Facebook page and find it. But I have something very similar set up here. We want to talk about the... Uh, let's talk about the... The pedal board. And the layout of a pedal board. Okay? So, this was a specific question that came in. I'm actually going to turn the Dylan off because it's blocking the tuner. You asked also what tuner I use. I use the Korg Pitch Black. I'm a huge Korg fan. So this Korg uh, Pitch Black right here, um, this has DC in, DC out. There's a lot of little stuff it can do. There's a newer version of this. If you go back again to that link, um, amazon.com slash shop slash Dylan Talks Tone, the, tone, the tuner that I am talking about is actually uh, listed there. And you can check that out, okay? Um, that's what I use. So let's talk real quickly. And we'll, since we ran out of time talking about all this other stuff, and I apologize, that's probably more my fault than anything. Um, we will spend some more time on this next week. But here we have a tuner. And then we have the compressor. This is the Keeley Compressor Plus. And then we have the DNM drive. We're going to get back to that in a minute. And then we have the Dyno Myroto. And then we have a reverb. Uh, reverb and a delay okay one of the questions that somebody asked me this morning was in what order do we want to put effects on a pedal board um and the reason it's an important question is because you have to remember what each style of effect does to your signal if you'll go back to our videos about gain stages so um if the amp Let's, we're going to deal with a clean amp. We're just going to say the amp is clean. And then we compress it. So then that kind of cuts the peaks off and pushes it down some. If we put that after, say, a time-based effect, it's going to make it sort of weird. Okay? So anything that has to do with gain, anything that's affecting the size of the signal, okay, would mm, it's not really a rule but it's the way most people do it is they put it first in the in the signal chain so let's talk about this so we have a compressor here um this guy right here so the keely compressor so what that's doing is that is for lack of a better term and we can get more specific into this in fact i, I want to get robert on the show to talk about it um but that is basically it's it limits it cuts off the peaks it uh, limits the signal and it creates more sustain it's there's an amp in there um that compressor in, in particular and then then we go to a boost which is the right side the white knobs in the so there's two pedals in one there that's why i'm saying that so you have boost which basically makes your signal even bigger now, if your amp is already on the edge of breaking up, the edge of its potential of clean gain, clean, clean, then it will cause it to break up just a little bit. And you'll get that kind of like Ibanez TS9 Tube Screamer thing. Now, most boosts do not shape the tone very much. Um, this one does a little bit, but a clean boost is supposed to be Something that just makes it a little bit bigger than it was before. And it doesn't shape the tone very much. Then the distortion. So like I believe the person who asked this question has an SD1 uh, boss. That would be like about where this pedal goes. So here and so boost and then distortion. So distortion is actually going to mess with your signal more. It's going to there's going to be some shaping to it a little bit more because it's going to change uh, basically the shape of the wave. And then, then after that, then we can start making some, having some fun with our time-based stuff and our phaser. So he says he has a phaser. So this is where I would put the phaser. If it was me, I would put it distortion pedal. I would put boost, then distortion, then phaser. Now you can switch the order of your boost and your distortion, and that can do some fun stuff too. We're going to do a show just on that. But then we do 
uh, our phaser or our flanger, which this or a chorus, those are more time and phase based. That would go here and then reverb and then delay. And you were asking me about a good tap tempo delay that is a small footprint, more reasonable than like a timeline or something. This Keeley workstation delay workstation is fantastic. It has uh, like six or eight different reverbs, six or eight different delays. You can run two delays at the same time. It's got a tap tempo. There's all kinds of fun stuff that this thing can do. But that's what I would say. I would say do your time-based and your phase-based stuff after you do anything that has to do with the size and the shape of your signal. That is kind of putting it in one sentence. Um, and then this messes with the time and the pitch. Once you get time and pitch over here and over here, you've got, you know, the size of the signal. We'll get more specific into that. I don't have a lot of time to get into it tonight, but, and I apologize for that because it was a specific question. What else you got over there? We had a super chat come in. Oh, we did. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to him. Do you see it? Yes, I do. <laughs> well... Uh, I do know the answer to his question that he had for me before, and it is, um, the Vox new tube 150 is supposed to be here, here in my studio in, uh, the middle of April. So we still have to wait a whole nother month <laughs> for that thing. So I'm hoping, cause he asked me about this. So I'm hoping that that thing is going to do and so thank thank you for the super chat man i really really appreciate that uh for those of you that don't know super chat is uh the thing that makes me drop what i'm doing and answer your question no matter what so i appreciate it and it does help us it helps support what we do because um you know it's like two or three bucks or more however many you want to put on there um but i i really do really do appreciate that very much because it, it does help us keep going with this stuff obviously there's a lot going on here to make all this happen um yes sock guy socks uh are my favorite uh because i am a cyclist and i love bicycles very very much um yeah Phasers are quite flexible about pre or post gain. So that's a fun thing. You're right. Um, putting a phaser, so like a phase 90, putting it before your gain stages is kind of fun. It is It is kind of fun. Um, you just have to play with it. It depends on the overdrive, right? I think uh, Iggy, Tommy, you would agree with me that it depends on the overdrive and how much gain you're using, like how distorted the signal is. If you put it before it because it will mess with it oh let's talk about one other thing um what was i gonna say wah pedals <laughs> i personally would put wah pedals before everything i would put the tuner then the wah and then everything else the reason for that is the impedance of that pedal is different and it can wreak havoc with some of your other pedals. Uh, a fuzz also has to go at the beginning of your signal chain too because of the way those particular amps work in those transistors, the transistors in those. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, Michael Donlin, thank you for uh, catching up with us even though you said that you were late for the show. I appreciate that. Oh, somebody was also asking about the big green thing. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. So that is, so the way the way I have this set up is, see the bottom row? The bottom row is basically just a normal pedal board, right? Um, that's, a, that's a normal pedal board, just like anybody has, and, you know, in the correct order and that sort of stuff. Just a simple pedal board. The big green thing above it is my Kemper controller. So the way I have been using this for demo purposes for our show is I don't use any of the effects really in the Kemper. 
I just use it to pick the amp. So like right here we have a Fender, right here we have a Fender with some more drive on it, and then there's a couple of Marshalls in there. And then if I page up, I've got a couple of Voxes and some stuff in there. If you see this top row, those four, uh, four buttons to the right of my foot, I can actually assign those effects within the Kemper and put a pedal board there too. But for purposes of this, uh, because it's real, uh, easier to demonstrate with real pedals, um, this is why we do this. And Creation Music Company, creationmusiccompany.com uh, sent us this pedal board and then Keeley uh, sent us a few pedals. Actually, I went to the sh his shop and, and picked them up and um, he's been able to help us out with a few of those things. So we could put this together and be able to, it's fun because it gives us like all sides of the spectrum. So if people want to know about Kemper stuff, I can go straight Kemper and I can also go straight regular amp we still have our little Vox MV50 up there. We have a bunch of stuff to be able to do kind of any combination to be able to test for various stuff. So super duper fun. Uh, yeah, wah, bef wah before fuzz face does not always work. You are not kidding. That's where you, um, that's where you have to kind of play with that. If you ever look at uh, Jimi Hendrix, he would always have his fuzz like even not even sitting next to it. It would be like way over there. Um, and it depends on the fuzz. It literally depends on the fuzz because it depends on what kind of transistors in it and the way the circuit is laid out. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's definitely, definitely its own thing. Um, so yeah, we're down to less than five minutes, huh? Mm -hmm. Man, it went by quick because well it's been fun i've been really enjoying this i'll tell you what made it way more fun this week and i would appreciate it if everybody would do this every week all the questions for tonight most of them came in before the show so what happened was we well a couple of them came in actually over youtube during the week somebody was like you always ask for questions. Can you talk about such and such? And so, you know, I, I tried to include those. The other thing that came in this week was we did, um, you know, our normal about six o'clock on Monday night. I tried to do a thing. Hey, does anybody want to talk about anything? And there was like, like tons of questions. So. You no. have the, the question that was being formulated also now. Oh, okay. Maybe you can squeeze it in. How come a direct through wiring mod will make the pickup sound brighter shouldn't the lack of resistance from the pots make it darker okay so if you go to um we have a playlist on our youtube channel that talks specifically about how pots affect the uh how they affect the circuit and the short answer is basically that the lower the resistance of the pot, the more highs it's going to cut out of the circuit. Okay? Just like when you roll your volume down towards zero, the highs go away. Well, because you always have some resistance in the circuit, you are actually clipping off some highs even when the pot is all the way on 10 because you have the resistance of the pot itself even on 10. So if you have a one meg pot, you're gonna have more highs than if you have a 500K pot, which is gonna have more highs than a 250K pot. Because the closer you get to zero, you're basically turning the volume down a little bit, the output is being closer, uh, the potential is closer to ground, more and more and more and more highs go away. So you can actually take, basically what you're doing is you're taking a 500K resistor, more or less, out of the circuit, and all of a sudden you have more highs. Or a 250K, and you're pulling it out of the circuit, and you have more highs. I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I will put a, uh, I do not have that circuit in any guitar at this time. But I will go ahead and take this pink telly, um, and I will put a tone bypass pot in it and I'll do a video with it and we'll I think we did one a long time ago but I will I will do another one it's just so we can specifically address that because it'll do exactly the same thing the tone bypass will go all the way up it'll work 
like it's on 10, but then you push it a little bit past 10 and it cuts it out completely. And you'll be able to hear like A, B, A, B, A, B, the difference. And so we'll do that. And with a telly, because everything's so bright anyway, we'll do that. And we'll, we'll be able to make that happen. Uh, thank you, everybody. I appreciate all of everybody checking us out this week. Please do me a favor. Find us all over the internet. Uh, DylanTalksTone.com is where our YouTube channel, or where our, um, our all of our stuff is, right? And you know that you can watch us, all of our videos, all week on the YouTube channel. Um, remember this Remember this link, Amazon.com slash shop slash DylanTalksTone. That's a, a link that you can keep and always have it there. And then those things, as we do these projects together, um, the little recommended parts lists and stuff, we'll put those there and you'll be able to find that stuff and uh, be able to, it'll be easier for you to kind of participate in some of these projects that we're doing. Um, please look for us on the internets. I really, really appreciate everybody hanging out with us uh, tonight. It has been super duper fun. So I hope you all have a great week and we will talk to you all on the internets.